What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.
If you're not watching us live on YouTube, you're missing a lot. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel and become a Night Dreamer. If you're not watching us live on YouTube, you're missing a lot. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel and become a Night Dreamer. Coming to you from the Night Dreams Talk Radio Network newsroom, I'm Guy Ticker with The Strange News. Fear of aliens invading Earth in 2027. In an interview, a former CIA agent says people in the U.S. and elsewhere in the world are, quote, being prepared to the reality that there is something, before adding that their presence is here. Another agent commented, quote, I always knew they'd be coming for us. Why isn't the government preparing for it? We need answers. Yet another former CIA agent who alleges alien encounters claims, quote, they're showing up. I'm Guy Ticker. The Strange News is brought to you by Night Dreams Talk Radio Network. Do you have a strange story? Contact us at nightdreamstalkradio.com. Coming to you live from the Night Dreams Talk Radio Studios. Buckle up, Buttercup. It's gonna get bumpy. Well, you know, I have a source high up in SETI that confirms to me that they, in fact, have received interplanetary signals. It's Gary Anderson, the one and only Inside Info Impresario. Not normal array. It was kind of a pulsed array and that it was kept secret and covered up. The SETI people are furious. And now, get ready to blast off. The guy who told me that was the founder of the SETI project. A man who had been one of Carl Sagan's best friends, the best man at his wedding. Of course, because with Gary, there are billions and billions of possibilities. And now, here he is, the one, the only, Gary Anderson! Woo! And here it is, the 8th of September already. Well, I hope everybody's had a great day. Down at the compound, we were in the 60s last week, raining off and on. Now we're going to be, well, today it was almost 80. Tomorrow is supposed to be 80. Nice next week in the mid-70s. And then it's going to hit down at the compound in beautiful Gig Harbor. It's going to be rainy and cold in the low 40s. That's how fast, well, the weather changes. JC, you know, a lot of people are probably saying, what's going on YouTube? It crashed. Just as I went on, it, it, the computer just crashed. It started updating. So I will correct everything on YouTube. So, you know, I, I apologize to that, but it'll be taken care of right after the show on the app side, on iHeart, the radio stations, and everywhere else you're listening to. Everything is fine. Hunk Dory. Yeah, but hopefully the uh, airbag didn't... You're really coming in weak. You need to turn your gain way up. Oh. How about that? I'm about blowing myself out of the chair. Is that any better? Yeah, you're not coming in hardly at all. That's strange. That's strange. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so, speaking of weather, it was 70 degrees here today, 93 yesterday. So I think we went from summer to fall. Or something. I, I really don't know. So, yeah, I mean, you know, how did your tomato plants do this year? This year, all my my morning glories, I compared uh, pictures of them from this date to last year's date and all the dates before. 
they're about they're uh, only 75% as big as what they should be. The tomato plant is half the size. It stunted the growth. And I think I'm telling you, I think it was those that smoke from all them fires that was going on this year. That was the only thing that's been different. Well, you know, again, too, if you really think about it, last year you had tons and tons of tomatoes. I did. I don't now. Don't get me wrong; they're really big and good, but there's not as many, and the plant's not ten feet tall. It's only about five feet tall, which is way off. Well, how are you going to hand all your neighbors' tomatoes to throw out your house this year if you don't have enough of them for Halloween? I, I know. There's... I know what you're going to do. You're going to give out those tomatoes again, like right. You're going to wrap them up nice. When the kids go trick-or-treating, you're going to give them a tomato instead of candy, aren't you? Yeah, that's a surefire way to get tomatoed. Yeah, well, that's why I, I thought about it. Well, you know, again in the news, you know, they found a structure on Mars. And it's making all the news media. And either that China or we or somebody has, well, made us a major structure on Mars. Or is it E.T.? Yeah, you know, there's been people who's been claiming for years in, in the pictures. As a matter of fact, Glenn, who's been on, is, you know, uh, there's pictures of structures on Mars. Now, here's the thing. Will we get more details, more information on it, or will it be whited out or just, you know, pushed on a rug somewhere? Probably, you know, they'll hope we'll forget about it. You know, I don't know. And then <laughs> also in the news, it's kind of alarming. You know, we nudged. A asteroid, a small asteroid, right? Yes. Well, maybe not quite so small, but we nudged it. And, you know, NASA, you know, patted everybody on their backs and saying, hey, we nudged it. We could do it. Well, guess what? About a year later, now that asteroid is kind of going erratic. And it, it now they're worried about it could slam in the Earth and do major Earth damages by 2025. Now, do you want these scientists really playing around with that type of stuff? Yeah, I actually watched that live when they did that. But you would think if in 1969 they could compute to the T to get a man to the moon and back, that they can compute if they nudge this, will come back in the orbit just enough that may hit us. We better check this. Well, they might have done a good job for that. Now, we've been getting messages from people uh, that listen to the show, both on radio stations, apps, and YouTube. Uh, you want to say hi and, you know, tell everybody who they are? Yeah. Hey, we want to give a shout-out to David Shaw, Leanne Sierra, uh, Jim Holloway, Art Costello, of course, Kim Libby and Barbara Hewitt, and Timothy Collin. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in and listening and being uh, our listeners to Night Dreams Talk Radio. And, you know, Timothy Collin was a implant removal, a alien implant removal by the late Dr. Roger Lear. So he's kind of famous to having that implant removed out of his wrist. Patient number nine, at, uh, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, that's kind of interesting, too. We need to try to get him back on. But, you know, every time we've ever had him on... Regardless what phones he ever got on, he went yeah. out and even got a military-grade cell phone that every time we'd bring him on the show, he would sound great before we bring him on. What would happen when we got him on? <laughs> every time we get him on, like clockwork, he tried three different phones, and you're right, military-grade one. He'd get on, and it's like, as soon as he gets deep into the meat and potatoes or something, it's... <laughs> 
it, it breaks up, you can't hear them. Yeah, he had a new regular phone put in. He had the phone company come and put new wiring in. I don't know what it is. Maybe he still <laughs> has another, in, you know, after he had an implant removal, mm-hmm. him and his wife had another encounter of a UFO. And, you know, I kept telling Timothy, maybe you were abducted again. Yeah, matter of fact, I believe, because I think I've seen his removal with Lear on a documentary, and I think it tried to move, and it was giving off radio waves also. So that could, you know, maybe it, it's giving off those waves. It's it's interfering with his, you know, phones. Or something. Again, yeah. Timothy, uh, again, I know you're listening tonight. A big shout-out to you. Tom, Metatron Power & Light is just coming out with their new song, and that's going to be really interesting. Tom, go ahead and plug it on, on, on the chat here on YouTube. Uh, again, I apologize for YouTube. The computer crashed. I had to restart it, and, and unfortunately, when it restarts, it comes up with a previous show information. After the show on YouTube, I'll correct it all, and every everything will be hunky-dory, but that might cause a little bit less people on YouTube, but... You know, we're going to have tens and tens and tens of thousands of people listening to us on radio stations and on the various apps out there like iHeart, Spotify, you know, TuneIn, and naturally iHeart, which carries us on some of the stations as reruns late at night across the country. And don't forget the old Spreaker app. A lot of Oh, yeah. Don't forget Spreaker. Yes, that's very important. Absolutely. Plus, you can chat on Spreaker app, too, I, I believe. Oh, yeah. Let's take a little break, and then we're going to bring a special guest on here tonight who's only 57 years old, Denise Stoner. So stay tuned. You're listening to, well, Dreams Talk Radio. Check out our website. It's been updated at www.nightdreamstalkradio.com. Captain Paul Watson was a co-founder of the Greenpeace Foundation in 1972 and the founder of Sea Shepherd in 1977. In 2022, he was forced out of Sea Shepherd in a hostile takeover. So, he established the Captain Paul Watson Foundation to carry on the work they've been doing for half a century with the specific strategy of aggressive non-violence, which means aggressive intervention without killing or injuring anyone. They took the name he created and the logos he designed, but they couldn't take away his life's mission. The Foundation will carry on. This summer, with their new ship, the John Paul DeJoria, they intend to intervene against the Icelandic slaughter of endangered fin whales. And in 2024, they plan to be in the Southern Ocean Whale Sanctuary to stop the return of Japanese whalers who will be defying the International Court of Justice. They have one ship, but they need two more. Please visit paulwatsonfoundation.org to become a monthly donor. By becoming a monthly donor, you can help grow their navy and help save our oceans. We don't survive on this planet with dead oceans. If the oceans die we die. Please visit now www.paulwatsonfoundation.org You are listening to Night Dreams Talk Radio Network, the home of Night Dreams Talk Radio. 
with Gary Anderson. Syndicated worldwide. Paranormal Talk Radio, like you remember. And we are back. JC, why don't you tell listeners a little bit about our guest here tonight? Well, our guest is Denise Stoner, and she is a member of MUFON's Experiencer Resource Team, as well as being Florida's State Director of MUFON. Now, Denise is also an author and an alien experiencer. Well, welcome to the show, Denise. How are you doing, my friend? Well, hi, Gary. So nice to be a guest tonight. Well, glad to have you. I mean, where in this country, this beautiful country, are you located at? Just northeast of Orlando, Florida, in Seminole County. And you were mentioning before we were on the air, the weather's kind of strange here right now, kind of colder. It's cooled down, and it's been, you know, kind of an index of 113, which is a little bit high for us. Um, But all of a sudden today, it's in the upper 70s, which is a big drop. And our storms are a little bit wilder and uh, stir all kinds of things up. Aside from the thunder and lightning, there's a lot of wind. Some things have changed. It sounds like it. How about, you know, I have a friend. I can't remember where in Florida he lives. God, I have so many friends. But he was saying when the tide comes in, water comes gushing out of the manholes. And I have seen that happen. Um, the tides are all crazy. Um, the beaches, there's just something strange, something in the atmosphere. It's not like it used to be. You could count on a little bit of rain about two or three in the afternoon, cooled things down. Everybody went back to what they were doing. No problem. Uh, not anymore. You don't know when it's coming. Well, you know what, JC? I just remembered, you know, the snakes in the restaurant and and all the snakes in Florida. How could I forget? They're in my nightmares. Yeah, you know. And how about those? Do you have any alligators, crocodiles, anything like that near or near where you live or snakes? Yes, <laughs> of course, snakes. <laughs> um, but in every retention pond on every golf course, there's an alligator. Um, they just find their way through the big pipes from one lake to the next to the next. So there's always going to be one. You know, back, was that about a year ago, a guy, uh, JC, went into a very expensive restaurant and uh, he was sitting reading a library book. That's a nice way to word it. And a snake, a snake. Yeah. Yeah. You know what the snake did? Grabbed a hold of him. Yeah. It was one of those reticulated uh, pythons that are in, uh, an invasive species now in Florida, unfortunately. And um, there's, they've had a lot of issues with, especially South Florida, with these um, snakes. And also, not the, these lizards, these giant iguanas, too, are also evasive. Yeah. It, when, matter of fact, it froze and they fell with trees and stuff. All, all yeah. over but it doesn't kill them. But, you know, people are on Marketplace last year, uh, you know... Uh, selling them denise they were selling them as meat yes absolutely that's what they do you know they just they're just not learning what not to do (laughs) yeah Yeah. hey want to buy some yeah what if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation where it's not about mission statements but a shared mission at u.s customs and border protection we go beyond to protect more than borders from ship to shore air to ground 
cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Ah, okay. Well, uh, you've had encounters with E.T. How old were you, Denise, when this happened? And what where were you located at? Where Do you remember what city and state you were in at two and a I half? I do, Gary. I do. I was born in Hartford, Connecticut. I was a Connecticut Yankee. And um, my mom was in the hospital giving birth to my sister. And my grandfather was babysitting because my grandparents lived with us. They'd come over from Scotland. And I was watching a huge gold egg outside the window while he was doing dishes and I thought it was Humpty Dumpty the the child's mind you have to associate with something the only thing I knew was that his nose and mouth and eyes were missing so I was wondering about that when my grandfather came in to check and I showed him and he closed those curtains and took me upstairs and put me to bed and my wallpaper was all nursery rhyme characters. So I began to look for Humpty Dumpty, and he wasn't there. But in a short time, a little figure stepped out of the wallpaper. Uh, a little, <laughs> ooh, was, I got goosebumps right now. He was hooded. He had bell-shaped sleeves. And he wasn't any taller than I was. He was carrying some sort of instrument or tool in one hand that had a little light on the end and he came and looked at me and I could look inside the hood under the hood and see these great big almond shaped eyes Um, I wasn't afraid and he asked me if I would go for a walk with him and he took me out into the hallway touched the wallpaper there with that instrument and the next thing I knew we had gone through the wallpaper and we were inside some place I, I don't know if it was a craft or what it was, um, but there were other children there. That would be so scary. And again, when you saw him through the living room window, was he like on the other side, like this looking at you? No, that was just a craft of some kind. It was so enormous, and it was sitting right above the telephone poles. It was an empty lot next to our home, and it just it contained its own light so it was not reflecting anything onto the ground. It was just sitting there and slightly rocking, and that's why I thought of Humpty Dumpty. It was egg-shaped, and I just kept wondering. And then when I went to bed, the little figure came out from the wallpaper. That is really scary. So you found yourself maybe inside of a craft, and you saw other children. Mm -hmm. Were anybody, the children, you know, they cry easy. Was there a lot of crying going on? Do you remember anything like that? Not that I could hear. They were down at the far end of the room. It was a metallic room, and there were no nuts and bolts or seams. The bench they were sitting on was carved, molded right out of the wall. And there was another small figure standing with something in his arm, and it looked like he was reading to them. And they told me that at some point I would be able to join them. Now, when they were talking to you, was it telepathically or was they verbally able to talk to you? I heard it inside my head, everything he said. Okay, so they didn't have a mouth like us or anything, right? They had a, he had a mouth, but it, I never saw it open. It was tiny. 
Were you scared? I mean, you know, since you remember all this other stuff, I would be scared. I'd be, if if it was me, they would have never got me. I would have crawled underneath my bed and hid. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Gary, um, I was not afraid at that point, but the older I grew into uh, grammar school, I became terrified of the dark. I had to have a light on in the hallway. If I was sound asleep and my mom turned that light out, I woke right up. <laughs> so uh, the fear did set in after a while, yes. Oh, wow. So that was a real experience. Uh, do you remember anything they did? Did they examine you physically? Do Anything like that to you? Do you remember any of that? They did. Uh, not a lot. They just said they wanted to look at me. Um, and I lived in a town called Weathersfield. It was right uh, suburb of Hartford, Connecticut. And I was often left in a park where my grammar school was in the middle of the night. But since that was a historic town and back in the days when I was born and just a baby, um, we didn't lock our doors, not to the car, not to the house. Nothing was locked up. So I just walked home as if I was walking home from school, walked in the front door, up the stairs, and went to bed. Wow. And when after this was over, I mean, at two and a half years old, did you tell your, you know, relatives or parents or mom or grandfather any of this stuff? I told my mom and my grandmother, and they just thought I had an imaginary friend. Um, and so they would just kind of agree with me and, you know, it keep me calm. Everything was good. Um, and so that was an okay thing to have. <laughs> Interesting. So this happened roughly when you were two and a half. When, right. when, I mean, how did that affect you at two and a half? I mean, you know, I can barely remember being 15, let alone two and a half, but I mean, how did it, it affect you? Well, once I, It didn't affect me in the beginning. It was when my sister became a toddler. Her crib was right next to mine until my parents built a new home. And there was the crib, and she would float, be floated over the top of it and taken. And so my dad thought that she had become a Houdini escape artist and brought in pieces of plywood and built the sides of the crib up so she couldn't climb over. Well, they just floated her up higher close to the ceiling and over the top. So I was a little concerned for her well-being. Oh, yeah. So this was going on. How about your next encounter, major encounter? How old were you? Or how many times did this happen before you were in uh, even grade school? I Oh, before grade school, mm, maybe five or six or more. I haven't stopped to take a real close look at it. Um, but yeah, I would say at least. And how long was this going on in your life? Well, up until about seven years ago where they stopped taking me and I've been visited. I know that they're still there. I know my ET, as I call him, is still there. Very interesting. Now, when you got like into junior high school and stuff like this, I, at that age, you really are starting to comprehend what is going on in your life. How was it affecting you going to school and having these encounters? I got real quiet. I wasn't, I guess, what I would call a, a normal 
uh, social type being in school. I kept to myself. I had one or two really good friends that I could trust, and I did tell them. Um, they didn't make fun of me, but they didn't say they believed it either. Did you ever have any bad experiences being taken? Yes, twice. Um, and it was in our bedroom here in Florida, and something woke me up, and I looked down at the foot of the bed, and the master bath is right at the doorway to our bedroom, and there was an enormous reptilian-looking creature standing there. He was as tall as the door, he was huge, and he started to indicate that he wanted me to go with him. And I quickly looked away. I ignored it. I know that I wasn't taken that time. The second time he came back, he did take me, and I was on some sort of machine. And I know that I was going through some of our trails, our wooden trails, through what we call the spring hammock, and ended up at what used to be parts of our old Air Force base and to a hangar that existed okay. there. Now, Denise, we need to take a yeah. break. So when we come back, we're going to find out what happened to Denise in that old military air force base and that anger so stay tuned again check out our website at www.nightdreamstalkradio.com we'll be right back so stay tuned April, the Psychic Housewife of New Jersey. Listen to Night Dreams Talk Radio with Gary Anderson. Coming to you from the Night Dreams Talk Radio Network newsroom, I'm Guy Ticker with the strange news. Something strange was witnessed by hundreds of people over the waters of Lake Michigan back on March 8th, 1994. The incident which to this day remains one of the most intriguing mass UFO sightings in history, was reported by witnesses along some 200 miles of Lake Michigan shoreline. I'm Guy Ticker. The Strange News is brought to you by Night Dreams Talk Radio Network. Do you have a strange story? Contact us at nightdreamstalkradio.com. 
coming to you live from the Night Dreams Talk Radio Studios and broadcasting this worldwide. I'm walking down the path to my school. My spirit pops out of my body and I go and look out at the one-story roof of my school. So anyway, I went back into my body and I then slammed into the ET standing there. And he said to me telepathically, why is your brother frightened of me? It's the man who always delivers the dish. Then I heard kind of this locust sound. Gary Anderson. I could see that there was an ET craft parked in the tall ground. Now, sit back and get ready for a ride you won't forget. I then blacked out and I woke up aboard the craft. <laughs> oh yeah, this is going to be good. Here he is, the real deal himself, Gary Anderson. And we are back and boy, time is flying by this Friday. And I'll tell you one thing, I have never been abducted or was I? Because I remember in the early 70s, going through the desert, or I should say mid-70s, going through the desert of New Mexico with my first wife, about 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning. It was dark. It was quiet. The whole area around the car lit up. And I know I was going fast. I had a GTO. For younger people, they probably don't know. But back then, a GTO was like, wow, you know, you had to have a GTO to be cool. You know, they were fast, they were sexy, you could get a lot of dates with them if you were single. Anyway, I thought, oh boy, I I know I was doing over 100. And I figured it has to be a police helicopter. I'm going to go to jail. I just have enough money. We were coming back from North Carolina back to Seattle. And I had just had enough money. We didn't have money, you know, for motels or anything. We didn't even sleep. My wife did, but I drove from North Carolina to Seattle non-stop living on no-dose and this whole thing lit up and it, it was so intense it hurt my eyes so i figured okay i'm gonna go to jail i get out of the car dead quiet silent and the light was so intense it was brighter than daylight if you could imagine and then poof it was gone just like that i to this day i don't know what it was i didn't hear did not hear any sound of a helicopter. Believe me, I've been on dozens and dozens when I was in Nam, So I know what they sound like. I don't know what it was. And unless we had a problem with the sun coming out at 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, I don't know what it was. We're back with Denise. Now, you're in this hangar. What's going on? I'm in the hangar, Gary. I just, I was trying to figure it all out and what was going on. And there was like a platform all made out of wood um, and there were two sides to it one side had kind of like it looked like marble it felt like marble bowls and there was some sort of strange looking woman sitting at a table on the other side and she said strip out of my clothes get into the bowl she pointed to some kind of liquidy looking stuff and she said wash completely in the bowl now, it felt good. It was very pleasant. Um, I enjoyed it. But then she said, okay, get out. They put robes on and escorted me inside this whatever it was, reptilian type. When I got inside, they sat me at a long table. I saw other humans. And then all of a sudden there was a, a funny noise. I looked up at the roof, which was no more. 
but some sort of opening. And out through the opening came a human, came down to the ground, and he was wearing what I would call navy khakis. No collar insignia. Um, and then the reptilian, who was also wearing the jacket that looked military, and they were walking up and down this long table the whole length of the hangar, telling us something. I have not explored that. I don't know what we were told. I feel like it was important. Um, but then they brought us back, put me back on that, whatever that machine was, floated right above that walkway and back home. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and that, that happened. Uh, and did you, did you have any other encounters similar to that? Kind of similar, yes. Um, but I learned that those type of reptilian did not care for LED and flashlights. So the one other time that it showed up in that bedroom, I shined the light directly into the eyes and he faded back through the doorway and went away. Boy, maybe the, yeah, that would be kind of scary right there too. Maybe that's the defense because, you know, these, these creatures are not known to be lovable creatures. You know, that no. is compared different. You know, I've heard reports where they kind of like humans more ways than one. If you, and I'm sure you heard about that. I have, I have, um, well, this, was something I did not wish to repeat. Uh, my gray that I have known since I was a little girl has now grown on me. I'm kind of attached to him. He has aged, which I never thought these grays with the bulbous heads and the big eyes, I never thought they aged, but mine has. Um, I'm perhaps the only one that could pick him out in one of those uh, police Oh, where you line them all up, a line up and shoot. I could pick mine out, but probably my friends, if they went with me, they wouldn't know the difference. Could he have aged because he connected with you maybe for some reason? It could be, or he's just trying to show me that they also grow older. Um, he's, he's a very fascinating individual and he can be scary if he wants to be, if I'm going against the grain. Um, he had to protect me uh, from running into areas of a craft I shouldn't have when he was offering a tour um, and took me into a room where I saw the operating center of a craft. And what? It okay, I got to ask you, you just, oh, you shouldn't have said that, Denise. <laughs> what did the operating center of the craft look like? Did it, does it look like, you know, like when you watch Star Trek, you know, and you're on the Enterprise, or is it something different? Come on, let's, let's find out. This one was totally different. I've seen the ones with those, all that fancy stuff that they're pushing buttons and working. I don't know how that goes, but I was taken into a room where the floor was running with fluid, and there was a walkway, and I felt like a beating heart. And it affected me. As a matter of fact, Kathy Martin did some hypnosis. And when this first occurred, and I, I remembered, she saw what looked like, she calls it like bean bags or something, hitting my muscles. Um, we recorded it, and I saw an entity at the far end of the room. I don't know how, but I knew it was female. I saw 
the growth of something that was green, um, biological. I know it was mechanical, and I felt enormous emotions for this female. And she picked up my thought, and she said, Do you think I have to stay here? Do you think I signed up for a lifetime of this? I did not. I can leave whenever I want. And we, I don't know if that meant more of her, in crafts are all in touch with each other, and we know when we need to return to the big ship, to the mothership. Interesting. And, and, and now, some people claimed that when they've been abducted and taken aboard these craft, that they, they, it's all lit up, but there's no lights. Like, you know, we have lights hanging, chandeliers. We have, you know, lights, whatever. It, and they said this light is lit up without any lights that, you know, and stuff yeah. like that. No lights, Gary. Couldn't. The, I mean, the place was lit up, but you couldn't find where those emanated from. Could not. And was it metallic inside or organic? Yeah. Um, well, where this woman was, it was a mixture of everything and like the heart beating. And I had to get out of there because it was making me feel almost like I was a part of that whole thing. I didn't want to be. I felt like I'd be trapped. So I started to run. And that's when the ET stopped me and said, okay, we can, we can take you off. Now you've seen enough. Now, these ETs, do any of them ever have, like, any weapons or anything on them? Have you ever noticed anything like that? I have not seen a weapon. I, they control you somehow. Um, mine can touch my forehead and take away fear and anxiety and pain. How about, again, people have claimed when they've been taken aboard, like Terry Lovelace, you know, he claims when he was taken aboard... Uh, from his camping trip with his buddy when he was in the Air Force, uh, they went to a campground. They were going to go to the state campground, but no, they went to a camp. Well, it wasn't even a campground. They found a road across from it, and they went there. And then late at night, they had a fire going, and a craft appeared. And then next thing they knew, they were taken aboard a craft. And what he said, he saw naked people lined up. He heard screams. And he even saw like humanoids in these big vats with liquid and 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 stuff like that. I mean, have you encountered anything like that? I have been put in a vat of liquid myself and told that I could breathe, and it was quite stressful. Um, it was kind of a brown type liquid. I also had to drink some. They gave me some to drink. Um, but I was shut in this area, and I did find out I could breathe. I was panicking like crazy, but I was taken inside something like that. And I have learned, do not decide you're going to take a shortcut home from anywhere, because that's when I get visited or taken. Wow, so when you're, when you're by yourself, you have more chance to be zapped away. It seems like that, yeah, that... Kathleen and I had an experience together, um, but when I was on my way home, I decided to take a shortcut over near where the old Navy base used to be, close to me, and I was taken from there. We did a whole investigation on it, and um, it was all kinds of craziness. The lights of my car quit after she dropped me off. Um, my radio didn't work. I have an insulin pump that I wear. 
I had all new batteries. They went dead. I couldn't use my cell phone. Um, so a whole series of things all occurred before I started to drive home. That is really scary. Now, when you got into high school, did you have a hard time dating? I mean, I'm sure people were talking about your encounters, or did you kind of try to keep that quiet, or did you tell your friends? You know, when you, you're in school, right, you, I had some friends that I thought I could trust. I told them things, and everybody in the school knew about it. <laughs> everybody. Yep. That happens if you're not careful. I dated, though. I didn't have any problems. I only shared the story with one, and I was in touch with him all my life. He just passed away recently. Um, so he understood. And, and when you first always, when you first told him, though, how how did he respond? Well, kind of sitting back and said, okay. All right, then. You know, what else have you got to say? Should I worry? <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. So, you know, like Whitley Streetbird has been on our show a couple times. Uh-huh. And, you know, he talks about his encounters. And then it got to the point where, you know, he he said it was even involved sexual encounters. Have And I, I don't want to get X-rated here, but have you no. ever had any of that type of issues with him? I have had the uh, missing pregnancies, and I'll just say I aborted on the side of a mountain, and when I walked to the top of the hill, it was the middle of, oh, almost winter in Colorado, and my husband was standing at the top of the hill, stuck still. He didn't recognize me. It was frozen, um, and my ET stepped out from behind a tree and said, we need to take you for a few minutes. And he took me inside a craft, and I saw fetuses floating and all different stages of development. And when I went to walk out the door, be escorted back, I don't know what they did to me. They did something after I lost that fetus. I was terrified because it was a mountainside outhouse, and I could see that was not a normal fetus that I had expelled. So he went to take me out, and he said, now look. That's yours. And there was one floating, and it looked at me, and I call it the quickening. It shuddered, opened its eyes, and looked right at me. And just before they took me out the door, the ET said to me, I need you to know something. I cannot solve this one. Um, He said, whoever has our children, whoever has a problem, and there's something that goes wrong, you humans get to keep them and raise them. (laughs) <laughs> That's nice to know. <laughs> I, yeah, I can't find anyone else that was told the same thing. I keep looking. What? what okay, what are they doing? Are they, are they crossbreeding? Is, is there something going on we should know about? You remember, we, we're pretty close to the same age. You remember the movie in the 60s, The Invasion of the Body Snatchers? I do. I mean, yeah. is there something going on that we, you know, I'll, here's the point. I don't. I, I'm neutral on this because I, you know, I've been doing this over 50 years now, and I'm still as confused as I, the first night I ever talked about UFOs and ETs back 50 years ago. I, 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 I'm on a fence. There, I know just like our world has all these different cultures, different races of humans. Again, you know, we have to be so naive to think there's only us 
or there's only one group of ETs, when we know that there's life that can be out there on billions of planets, and again, there could be ETs out there that, you know, are studying us, the other ones, they don't want any harm. Then there could be the other ones that, you know, like, uh, you know, they would like to see us gone, you know, like Hitcher's, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, push a button and Earth is gone. I mean, what are they doing with inner breathing and uh, uh, children uh, from humans? you have any idea? The only thing I can say is, you know, we are working with rats to try and heal people and to do better for humanity, and that's our small-scale scientific work. Are we the same type of thing? Are they trying to um, help us evolve, or did we belong to them to begin with? Could they be working on eventually replacing us? That's a scary thought. I well, hope not. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, they could create a new race of humanoids and then say, well, this race that's on this planet, is, you know, needs to go and, and repopulate the Earth like Adam and Eve with a new race of humanoids. Yeah, it's it, it could be. Um, one craft that I was on where it's quite possible Kathy was on the same craft and was running away. I was in another hallway. They were doing a project. They were very unhappy. We were given black boxes with no seams, and I wanted to know what they were. We were sent out. This craft had a balcony. I was terrified I was going to fall off. They told me to step forward. They would prove that their type of gravity would hold me back. It did. But I was told, watch for the cue, drop the box. And I was taken here in Florida, but I was over what seemed to be Colorado, Switzerland, Norway. I don't know. It was very cold. Dropped the box. I watched it disappear. I saw some sparkliness. It landed over an A-frame home below, sitting in the pine trees. And I said, I, I need to know what I've just done. I felt like I'd done something horrible. And they said, you have just delivered the soul of who will become a new hybrid. Very scary when you think about it. Yeah. You know, another thing I've had people say when they were taken on these crafts, they saw human body parts. Have you ever seen anything like that? I think so. I, well, I saw definitely humans in great big kind of tubes, or I don't want to use the word coffins. I would rather uh, say it was just something that wrapped them up, and you could see them floating. They look suspended. Now, J.C., you know, uh, Andrew, the attorney. Yes. Okay. Didn't he mention that uh, that at one Air Force base, they basically brought in human body parts of children, uh, and these ETs would come and get them on a regular basis? Yeah, I, I believe it was... Um some kind of a race of the reptilian type, I believe he said. But yeah, he did mention that. And he was very, very sh shocked by it and horrified. But yes. Yeah, that's what scares me. Because again, I don't know who we're dealing with. I mean, you know, it, 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 there's, like I said, I mean, you know, we got cattle mutilations. We got human uh, mutilations. We have people that are abducted. And, you know, again, you know, I have to look at this seriously. 
Denise, if I'm walking down the street and somebody in a, a van pulls over and drags me into the van, takes me to a warehouse and removes my kidneys, you know, for the market, they, they kidnapped me. They took me against my wishes. They took something from me. And, exactly. And, is, you know, the same thing with the ETs. If they're implanting people, they're not saying, hey, we want to implant you. We want to impregnate no. you. Or we want this or we want to do that. I mean, that's the part it, it, it scares me. It scares me, too, because I can't make a final decision on all of this, except I do feel close to the one ET. But what are they doing? They have picked up very recently on cattle mutilations. And that's coming round the bend again, um, out in some more distant areas and properties where um, there aren't that many farms or ranches. I uh, just heard that. And what are they doing? Why are they having to backtrack? And are they going to start working on us again? I, I don't know. You know, um, here's the part that confuses me is, you know, abductions have been going on for a long period of time. So if they're collecting DNA and experimenting, you know, unless, again, it's different ETs coming here like, you know, like we're, we're a zoo or something and they're coming, or a lab, and they're coming, you know, to do their thing. I mean, how many times do you have to collect DNA? How many times do you have to do this, this, and this over and over again? Or cattle mutilation. There was one in the news here a couple of weeks ago again. I mean, it's scary about this. I mean, look how many people go missing in the national forest. Look how many people go oh, missing gosh. going on a road trip or going to the grocery store. Poof, they're gone. Now, according to the FBI database, you know, there is a lot of people go vanishing. They can account for probably three-fourths of them. But even the, the the amount they can't, they can't be that many serial killers killing tens of thousands of people a year. And then there's no trace of them. No, Gary, that's true. And I worked for the National Park Service. And what sat behind my desk was something called PIF, Project Information Files. Everything and anything that you wanted or we needed to keep track of was in those files. Um, I can't say that I ever saw anything on a missing person, but when you know who David Politis is with all his missing 411 books, fantastic individual, when he requested a copy, it wasn't when I was working there, it was after, he wanted a copy of one of the cases and they wanted to charge him $10,000. That's crazy. When, yeah, this PIF file is sitting right there. Um, you can get a hold of it in about 10 minutes and pull up what you need. So what might they know that they're not talking about? Something is gone because we've had Christopher George mm -hmm. on, who is a retired park ranger, and he was a law mm -hmm. enforcement. In fact, he was in charge of two, you know, regions of, you know, for the park service. And, mm -hmm. you know, he told us on the air some stuff It was really really scary about yeah. people going missing or things it it doesn't make sense and then he would take a report on it file it and then he, he wanted to look at it a, a few days later he didn't have access to it they wouldn't give him access to it ah okay that's probably what they have done and they're successful in not exposing what's going on and these 
these people, if they find their clothing, um, everything in a nice, neat, folded little pile, and then if the person does come back and they haven't found a body and they ask them where they've been, they don't know. And there was one occasion where they actually found a hunter in the top of a tree. He was dead, but he was, how did he get up there and sprawled out on all the branches? Who put him there? And he'd been missing. Well, that's the interesting part. Christopher George claimed on two different things, and Jay-Z, correct me if I'm wrong, please. Uh, A park ranger went missing, and then they found his body, and there was no blood. And it, the, the body was like thin as paper. It, but his clothes was there. Everything was there. And his remains was flattened down like, like paper. And again, there was no bodily you know, organs or blood or anything. Am I correct on that, uh, JC? Yeah, you're correct. Plus, also, there was no predation on the body at all. And I also believe, like, you know, usually have some food in the backpacks and stuff. None of that was touched. Like, nothing. No, no, no. You're getting the backpack was the the kid. The other one? That was the photographer, young kid. who was The rangers knew him because he was out with his camera. He wanted to get a picture of a Bigfoot. So he would go out during the summers to these, you know, wooded areas looking to get a, a picture of a Bigfoot. He went... He disappeared. And then they found his remains after months sitting on a tree stump or a log. And his his backpack with food in it, his camera equipment, was down by his feet. Now, can you imagine his belly button upward was gone? And he said it looked like it was done surgically with a laser. But they could figure out. Now, something is going on. Is it ETs? I don't think, you know, doctors are going out and, and doing stuff like that. I don't think so. Um, the Sasquatch, I've heard them. I heard them in Colorado. Never saw one, but I heard one, and I saw the footprints, and I know they exist, and no one can convince me otherwise. And they're not completely of the ape family. They're not. They're, not. they're too smart. <laughs> and they can scream like you wouldn't believe. I can say this because in early 2000s, Denise, I was up with a friend of mine who was a medical doctor because I'm an avid photographer also. We're up the Canadian Rockies, and we went to a place that was an old Japanese internment camp during World War II. I know where that is. Uh-huh. And we I were know. De- and it's if, if in And uh, where it was at, it was out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And uh, I tell you what, I encountered one of those things. And, you heard it. Yeah, and, and and the scream is enough to make you wet yourself. I can tell you that. It is. And that's a creepy area, isn't it? Oh, or yeah. You, oh, yeah. We found it by accident. It's a strange, strange place. It is. And, you know, not too far from it, when you're hiking into where it was at, there was the cemetery for the, you know, dead Japanese soldiers there, which, again, were dug up and then, you know, returned to Japan after the war. But, I mean, you know, it was an eerie place. This The whole thing was eerie. Yeah, yeah. The sounds of those screams from those, whatever they are, Sasquatch, um, they've got the whole place to themselves. We were there completely alone, my husband and I, and we didn't stay too long. <laughs> Wow. How far did you have to hike into it? About two miles? 
Oh, it was quite a while. It's been a long time. We lived there almost 20 years in Colorado. We explored so many places, ghost towns. And um, my dad lived in Colorado Springs beneath what was called the Gold Camp Road. Will Rogers Shrine was at the top. But in between were stone tunnels. And the Sasquatch came there and made those horrible noises. I tell you, you hear one, you, I tell you, nightmares. We need to take a real quick break, and then we're going to have you on for like another 10 minutes. So, you know, and then I think we need to get you on for part, you know, part two down the road here. <laughs> oh, thank you, okay. Gary. We'll be right back with Denise Stoner. You're listening to Night Dreams Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Coming to you from the Night Dreams Talk Radio Network newsroom, I'm Guy Ticker with the strange news. Fighter jets shoot down three UFOs over North America. Of course, reports of UFOs being shot out of the sky over North America led many people to raise the possibility that the objects were extraterrestrial. And social media was ablaze all weekend with serious theorizing about what is going on. I'm Guy Ticker. The Strange News is brought to you by Night Dreams Talk Radio Network. Do you have a strange story? Contact us at nightdreamstalkradio.com. Coming to you live from Night Dreams Talk Radio, it's Gary Anderson with the stories... That will rock your world. My neighbor tried to get me fired on Friday. Stories that make perfect sense. My Hollywood celebrity neighbor threatened me about a month ago that he would expose me because he hired a private investigator to dig into my background. Important stories that are easy to follow. And if I didn't stop the movie from being released... He would expose me. So strap yourself in and get ready, because Gary is going to get to the bottom of it, no matter how long it takes. And since they can't stop the movie from dropping, which is going to expose him... Sorry, we've run out of time for this intro, so let's just do this. Once again, the Sultan of the Story, Gary Anderson. And I am back. Uh, what better promo, you know, an intro could you have than what Eric does for the show? We are back with Denise Stoner. She was abducted when she was two and a half. It has continued up just to a few years ago. And, you know, again, how many times have you been taken aboard a, a craft? You know, I added up what I could recall completely, and I would say 50, five, zero. Wow. It's close. Now, yeah. have you ever had any weird illness or anything that vanished after you were taken? Or have you ever got sick after you were taken and returned? Um, I became very, very ill when I was 20 years old with a blood clotting disorder. They don't know where it came from. So they're saying it's genetic, but they can't find anything in my family on either side. And I feel like I was visited by a strange nurse. I've had a drawing done of her, and I think she was my ET, and I think she healed me. I was given 20% chance to live. I was only 20 years old, and here I am. Yeah, 57 years later. 
I mean, at 57. <laughs> now, I got to ask you this question. Okay, mm-hmm. you've been regressed. What have you found out being regressed? I have gotten some more clarity on what I'm seeing. Um, even though I knew what they looked like, what the crafts looked like, I could describe them much better. Um, and then I had a memory of a past life and I needed to go back and see that. And I think that you develop psychically and I think you have past lives. You're going to recall one or more. And I did. Uh, I had some help with Kathy. I had her take me back after I recalled who and what I was. And, um, I, all of that combined, it's a huge conglomeration of, facts and figures and we just need to get them put together somehow yeah interesting how many times have you been regressed um i have been regressed i think three times one i already knew the full lifetime and the only thing i didn't know was how did i die and i had had a double stroke when i was 20 also i couldn't speak at all not at all I was paralyzed on my right hand, but then I became a scuba diver, a scuba instructor. I dove in the caves um, in the Florida aquifer. So I had everything back and then some, um, but I was afraid of dying. I thought of another stroke until I found out who I was, died alone in a hotel room in New York of a stroke due to brain tumors. Wow. As soon as I knew that, I was no longer afraid. Have they, being abducted and taken over all these times, and your keeper or whatever you want to call it, uh, your ET keeper, have have you ever asked what death is? Do, do we continue on after we die? Have you ever asked them that? I haven't asked, but I think there are more of us that have had near-death experiences than the average Joe who has not had this type of experience. So I think we kind of know life carries on. Interesting. Uh, Yeah. When you do, and again, that's when I was very ill. I had a near-death experience. You can see 360. You don't need to turn around to look behind you. It was amazing. And I, I did say to whoever was listening, where am I? What, what? I don't see me. And I was told again, it was like telepathically, you can separate out. Just take a look. And I saw the outline of my arms and hands and legs all forming. And then I felt very much alone. So I let it go and I kind of dissolved back into this massive group of souls or spirits. Interesting, but and but yet again, we, we still don't know what this whole thing is about. And ha, have you ever wondered how they pick people out, uh, select people from being a child or adult uh, for being abducted and experimented on? Have you ever been experimented on? Have you ever, have they ever, I've heard people say where they, they watch themselves being opened up by, you know, and 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 you know medical equipment or whatever they use go into them and they you know and all this type of stuff have you ever been experimented on that you remember 
Yeah, I was not opened up, but I had things stuck way up my nose, into the corner of my eye, a needle in my navel. Um, I actually woke up because I was dropped on the floor, being returned. Came to, I immediately took pictures of bruises, and Kathy has everything in her files about me. And so I know that something happened. I got angry once and started to take swings, <laughs> um, at who I call the doctor. He was a, a praying mantis type, super intelligent scientist. And he was there to do just what he was supposed to do, no more, no less. So he had no emotions about him. Um, and I took a swing at him. So they had to restrain me. Interesting. I, I, boy, I, you know, I, how did your husband take all this through the years? Um, he was pretty quiet about it. I don't know if he noticed much when I was gone um, until he was taken with me. Oh, I didn't know that. So your husband was yeah. taken. How did he respond to that when he got back? Did he well, say, I'm filing for divorce and moving to <laughs> Reno, Nevada and start gambling? <laughs> Well, we were taken out of South Park, Colorado, a big glacier valley, um, on our way to our campsite from Denver. And we ended up crossing that glacier valley without knowing. We had three hours missing time. Um, we always arrived at our camp in daylight so we could have dinner. My mom and dad were waiting. There was only one road there. We came to, um, after we'd been lifted off the road, taken out into the high desert, I could describe the craft. That was a real kind of different looking one. We ended up on the other side of the valley in Trout Creek Pass, which was only seven miles from where we wanted to go. And we don't know how we got there. Only it was nighttime, all that missing time. We had set an odometer just to check. It was a fairly new car, and my husband Alice checks everything out. And he's a Vietnam vet too. And uh, the odometer had not changed. And we don't know why that happened, because as soon as we left, we were sitting still with the engine running and the headlights on, pulled away to go to our camp. The odometer was just fine. Have you ever experienced loss of time in a car and ending up someplace way out of the way? You know, this is weird. Back again in the early 2000s, I was coming home from work and uh, I live up you know, a place called Gig Harbor, Washington. It's near Seattle, Tacoma. You go over the Narrows Bridge. It was, it was famous because the original Narrows Bridge collapsed, and there's that video on it. Uh, but, you know, uh, I, I remember coming home. I was totally coherent. I was listening to the radio, and uh, I, I ended up 30 miles away from my house. And I all of a sudden, you know, like, hey, it's dark. Why am I here? I mean, it was like really strange. Have you ever had anything like that happen to you? Yes, and Gary, I bet you you've been on the craft. Um, we were up diving in North Florida, and we headed home, and we had gone weekend after weekend. And all of a sudden, this one weekend, we were headed home only. All of a sudden, we saw the sign for Valdosta, Georgia. We were on the other side of it. We had to go three hours back to get to our starting point to go home, and we have no idea how we got there. 
That's scary when that happens. You know that. Yeah. Yeah. It happened twice that I can remember. A couple times. Well, the, the other time was they just displaced us streetwise. We were driving down one street and all of a sudden he, and my husband said, where are we? And we had to start reading street signs. We were not familiar with the town and we had to figure it all out before we had navigation, GPS, and work our way back. So you both encountered the same time, same thing. Yeah. That's scary. So how did your husband take this all happening after he actually, how long were you married before this actually happened where he got involved in it? Well, we were married in 1969, and he left for Vietnam. He came back 14 months later, um, and then everything was kind of quiet until he was discharged from Fort Benning, Georgia. We moved to Colorado, and then some things began to happen. He was, that we can recall, only remembered the one where we were taken off the Glacier Valley. We don't know what the missing time and placement were went with or was about with the car um kathleen hypnotized him and he ended up saying he was in a very cold place and it felt strange and he felt like he'd been under some kind of anesthesia and then when he was probably about to see the ets he stopped he said i don't want i'm done let my wife do this (laughs) so yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> you, know, you know, again, I don't know what he did in Vietnam, and I, I want to thank him, you know, uh, for his service to our, our country. I mean, a lot of people just yeah. don't realize how bad yeah, Vietnam no. actually was, both yeah. for us in not the, uh, the, yeah. the people of the population in our country, but the soldiers that had to go over there. I tell you, it was a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, and I thank you, too. He was in the 1st Cav Division Airborne Helicopters. Oh, yeah. I've been on a lot of those. And I realized the only safe place is being the pilot or co-pilot in a helicopter because I'll tell you what, those bullets, were they were protected. Yeah. At least their butts were. If you were in uh-huh. the back, you weren't. No. <laughs> yeah, I so, know that. Air yes. conditioning. But, yeah, well, well, you know what? We need to get you back on because there's a lot more stuff we can talk about. I think so. Gary, I really appreciate you having me on. This has been so much fun, and I enjoy speaking um, to whoever's listening. Well, you know, I was thinking maybe get you and, and Kathleen Martin both on at the same time. Oh, you might find that very interesting. <laughs> well, JC, write that down with your color crown, will you? I will definitely do that. Well, you know, I hate to end it now, but our time is up. And you know what? I'm going to try to get you on. You know, I'll have him, if it's possible, give you a call tomorrow. And we'll try to get you on as soon as possible for part two. How's that? All right. All right, Gary. You're wonderful. You have a great weekend. And you were a great guest. And remember, you're only 57. So just remember that. Got it. (laughs) Okay. I'm 17. I'm too young for you. You take care. All right, you too. Okay, my friend. Well, what do we got lined up next week? Well, next week we have Dan Willis coming on. Um, He's going to be talking about the UFO disclosure back in the first disclosure with the um, congressional meetings. 
And then we got Andrew Bashago coming on, the time travel lawyer. And then we have Vincent Bandall coming on, the host of The Creatures Features. Well, that's going to be really interesting, too. And we can talk about that haunted mansion, huh? Yes, that's going to be great. Um, There's a lot of good stuff he can talk about because he does. He's had some paranormal experiences, believe it. Oh, I believe it, too. You know, that's going to be really interesting. So we got some great guests lined up. Don't forget, Major Ed Dames is going to talk about his remote viewing with Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Yes, a whole new approach to uh, finding and researching the uh, Bigfoot. Yeah. Well, again, check out our website at www.nightdreamstalkradio.com. If you're not a night dreamer, you know the hitman is going to pay you a visit. I tell you what, all you have to do, we got it figured out finally, is just go to our website. There's a fast blast. It'll pop up on the screen. Tell us who you are, your name, what city, what country you're in, and we'll sign you up as a night dreamer. And then at the end of the month, we're going to take like two or three night dreamers and we're going to contact you and send you some goodies. You know, like, I still have a ton of these Roswell water bottles. And we got some Roswell pins, too. So we got a lot of cool stuff we can give out to our night dreamers and stuff like that. So, again, you know, tell your friends about us. We're back. The doctor cleared me to open my mouth and do the show again. I tell you what, you do not want to smoke. I tell you, that causes problems. And I can tell you, but if it hits you, you know, you got, you. one, it can kill you. Two, is if it doesn't kill you, you're going to go through a lot of, well, interesting things. Well, don't forget to catch the Hitman Show. It'll be up on Tuesday sometime during the day. It's very interesting. The next show he's on, or his guest is going to be talking about people that are like sitting in their easy chair and they burst into flames. And, and all kinds of things. Or you're in the bathroom sitting on the commode. Poof! You know, you're all burned up except for your foot. Just like instantly. So that's going to be an interesting show. And then next week, naturally, uh, it's going to be a great week. Everybody have a good one. We will catch you on the other side of, well, well the other side. That's all I can say. Like the Twilight Zone. <laughs> 